No, it's so great to have you here. How many of you are excited to be here today? All right. Okay, now let's be honest. How many of you just were drug here? All right. Oh, come on. We, you know, I, I saw some people coming in like, oh, here we go. Now, I know some people work, you know, second shifts, third shifts, or, or whatever, and coming in here, we're so grateful to have you here. Um, but I know we want this to be a place where sometimes you're going through stuff that just doesn't make sense, but we want this to be a place where you are encouraged. And I know we can all use some encouragement today, right? All right. So, you know, I want to open with a little bit of a mind game with you. I want to start with uh, this picture. Uh, what is that a picture of? Football? Uh, just, just shout out. Well, what do you think that is this picture of? Huh? Basketball? Good. Um, it is the eye of a fly. I heard that over here. I, uh, yeah, I heard that over here. This guy knows his insects. Um, how, how about this? What is that? Oh, that's pretty easy, right? Pretty easy. But yeah, razor blade. How about this one? What's it look like to you? Hmm. Mushroom? Um, actually, it's really the handle of an iron. I don't know. Here, here, here's the point I'm just trying to make. Sometimes you can be so close to a situation that you don't get the right perspective. And I think uh, what was happening in uh, Jesus' ministry, remember he had called 12 disciples to follow him. Remember, he said, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. He said this to Galileans. Um, that was significant because he said it to Galileans because at least those in the religious establishment in Jerusalem looked down on Galileans. But Jesus, he goes to those who were not that attractive intellectually, not that attractive culturally, and said, hey, I want you, I'm calling you to follow me. Because when you follow me, things will be different. Um, but I think many times people in the church, let's just say, have, have uh, kind of lost perspective a little bit. I think so many times we've grown accustomed to what church is, how we have defined church. Churches where you attend one day a week, or what you tune into uh, one day a week, or multiple times in the course of a week, um, and then you know you 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 know what the church is to be, and sometimes what keeps people from hearing the message of the Word of God, and that is a lot of people are tired of feeling guilty for not measuring up to whatever the pastor is going to say, whatever the Word of God says. Uh, any of you ever find yourself in that category? You just feel yourself coming and you go, I know I'm going to be just, it feels like I'm going to be beat up because I know my heart isn't where it needs to go. But you know, this is why we've been in 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church so that we would get a right perspective. Jesus wanted his disciples to get a right perspective. And when he saw them starting to get some things, he all of a sudden says, okay, here we go. Now that you're starting to get it, now I've got to change your perspective a little bit. And I, I want to get you to know me in a deeper way in a little bit. And, and Jesus does that. But he doesn't only do that with the 12. He does that for those who chose to follow Jesus for a variety of different reasons. You know, we see throughout the Gospels, people follow Jesus for the miracles that he did. It was almost like, to some people, almost like a, a, a circus 
sideshow. It's just like, wow, I want to see what he does next. And, and to give me free food? I mean, to go and listen to his teaching and then to give me free food? Yes, I'm all about that. Man, that's a, that's a budget saver right there. You know, people followed him for all sorts of things. But I think many times for those who have been in church for a long time, I think we can get so involved in church or everything that we have come to believe church to be, and it kind of dulls us a little bit, dulls us from the mystery, dulls us from the majesty, and the hope of the Awakened series was that the Holy Spirit of God would maybe awaken our hearts a little bit out of some of the apathetic, uh, lethargic uh, practices that we've grown accustomed to, especially in the last two years. I think a lot of people have. I, I think when people are willing to at least be honest with their own hearts and just say, what has been happening to you spiritually here in the last two years? I think for a lot of people, it's just been, wow, take a step back. I want to think I'm further along than I am because I know the word of God. I, I, I could out trivia the Bible to a whole bunch of people. So I start feeling good about that kind of thing. But I know for me personally, I can only speak from experience of what the last 21 days has been for me. It has been letting go of certain foods, certain comforts that I just have grown accustomed to. When life gets tough, I run to that. And so I've just been saying, Lord, please help me. Help me. Give me the strength to stay away from those things that we have said as a church. Hey, pray for me. I want to let go of those things so that I can press into those things on that board over there. Even this morning, I was praying over different prayers that were put on that board, and, and we're continuing to pray for miracles and some of those things. It's just like, that, that would be a miracle, but Lord, you are a God of miracles. And sometimes I fear. <laughs> and I think this was Jesus' concern, which is what led us to Luke chapter 10. I want you to turn in your Bibles, Luke chapter 10. I want everybody to pick up their sword, because the Word of God says the Word of God is your offensive weapon against the enemy we go to battle with. And I want everybody to have your sword. It's on page 1032 in the Bible under the seat in front of you. I want everybody to follow along because contextually, Jesus is about six months from the cross. About six months from the cross. He's about eight months away from his final statement to his disciples who were following him here on the earth, which was, now go and make disciples. Go into all the world. Start in Jerusalem, then Judea, regionally, then Samaria, yes, even to Samaritans, and then to the ends of the earth. And this is going to come eight months after this event we are reading about in Luke chapter 10. We've been here in Luke chapter 10 here in the month of January. We've been a little bit schizophrenic of how we've been going through Luke chapter 10, but we want to keep reinforcing different aspects to this because we're going to see that Jesus has now sent out 72 disciples. So not just his 12, but others along with them. Now, earlier in the gospel of Luke, Luke has sent out just his 12 disciples to the Samaritans and going into the region of Samaria. And he bestowed his power upon them, 
and they were able to do things they were never able to do before. They were able to heal the sick. They were able to cast out demons. They were able to do those things. Now, they go into a different region. So while the Samaritans had this experience with the twelve, now he goes into a region that was probably about 20 miles to the east of Jerusalem. It was crossing the Jordan River on the other side of Jericho, and that was land that was virtually forgotten, okay? Virtually forgotten by those in Jerusalem. So while the Samaritans were hated, those across on the other side of Jordan were forgotten about. So you need to know this is that region that he sends out the 72, And he says to this group of 72, he doesn't say anything about casting out demons, that you'll have the power to do that. Doesn't say that on this instruction. He just says, I want you to go and heal, and I want you to go and proclaim. And what is he to proclaim? Or each one of these sent out in Paris to proclaim that the kingdom of God is near. Now, what does that mean? The kingdom of God is near. It means that Jesus Christ has shown up, and he has brought heaven to earth. And the power of that is going to be on display, not just through Jesus, but he has now given that authority to his disciples. And what I love about God's word is that so much of what we are reading about in Luke 10 is also bestowed on his bride, the church. For you and for me today. And this is where it gets a little bit crazy. Because I've talked to some of you. And I tell you, I've been so encouraged with some of the conversations I've been having with some of you. In in fact, um, I would encourage you, please, 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 to send me a note as to what these 21 days has done in your spiritual journey. I want to hear that because I will share some of these or we will have some of these up here on stage. But I know there was one conversation I had here in the last two weeks and it was a a sister in the Lord who is going through a lot. I mean, a lot. It's something that I cannot identify with because I have never had a doctor tell me that, you know what, this does not look good. I've never had that. As much as I'd like to say, hey, I know what you're going through, don't know how tough that is. But the sister in the Lord says, my desire is that everything in my life, that when people are close up to me, they will glorify God as a result of how I am going through this. The peace that surpasses all understanding. And what was wonderful in talking to the sister in the Lord was she saying that there has been almost like an invitation of God to invite me into the mysterious places that I've almost never thought of going before. Folks, that is really what it means to take a step closer to Jesus, because that looks different for every one of us, no matter where we are in our journey. You know, there are some of you who've only been following the Lord for six months, and there are ways that you have expressed maturity uh, to some degree over those who've been walking with the Lord for 20 years. I'm just being honest. I know there's times in my life where, wow, I will come across those who are brand new to following the Lord, and I see their level of faith in certain things, and I go, wow, that is amazing. And I want that for us. I want that for us. 
So I want to invite uh, Shannon Ryan. He's going to come up. He's going to read the scripture. I want everybody to uh, follow along. But before we do the scripture reading, Shannon, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, good morning, Gray Spring. Good morning. I'm uh, Shannon Ryan, and uh, my lovely wife, Stephanie, is sitting right up front here. Um, together, we have four kids, Elena, Donovan, Fiona, and Brianna. Um, and we've been attending Gray Spring for about six years now. Um, Early on in our attendance, uh, I actually was able to um, get plugged in with the First Impressions team, and I served at Hub for a while, and then I started at Ushering, and I ended up today having the honor of leading both the Usher and Greeter teams. I've got a great group of volunteers that serve faithfully each week, and, you know, it's a blessing to me, to my wife that serves alongside me, uh, our kids, when we enlist them to help when we're short on a, on a Sunday morning, um, it's a blessing to be able to, you know, just provide a smile, to offer a warm greeting, maybe a hug or a handshake as, as people come through these doors. Because what, what I feel that our role is, is to prepare people by welcoming them into this space, that they might be open to hearing the word of the Lord. Um, this last couple of years, it's been a little rough with, with the volunteers, uh, just being honest. Um, you know, a lot of people have stayed away from the building. Um, a lot of people have dropped off, not feeling uh, real comfortable. But, you know, I need some help. And if, if any of you hear this and say, you know what, that's something I want to be a part of. I want to come up, I want to meet people on, on our team, in our congregation. I want to serve, serve the church and serve the Lord, more importantly. Uh, there's cards in the seat backs. I encourage you, you know, you can write on the back of the card and write serve and um, turn it into the hub. And those folks there will get it to me. Uh, even if you don't want to serve on a uh, greeter or an usher, there's lots of opportunities for service around our church. Um, you can check out the website. There's a great serve page on the new website. Check it out. It's, it's awesome. Um, or, you know what, I'll be on the concourse um, after the service. Feel free, come up, and I'll get you plugged in. Hey, but before you read the scripture, everyone give us a smile, because he doesn't get this vantage point very well. Just smile. Just smile. <laughs> Oh, look at all those incredible candidates. Man, you guys have a gift. You guys have some great smiles. Uh, but man, let's support our brother. Because I'll tell you, uh, so many times those who are put in positions of leadership, especially those who are leading volunteers, last two years has been tough. And so let's be an encouragement to Shannon. Can we? Good. Man, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's please stand for the reading of God's word. From the book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 17 through 24. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice in 
your names are written in heaven. In that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to you to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except for the Father, or who the Father is except for the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then turning to the disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Shannon. Please be seated. You know, let's talk through the text before uh, I make some uh, final points about it. Uh, I think it's just so important for us just to allow the authority of the word of God to speak for itself, right? All right. So, uh, 72 returned. And uh, what's the, the, the word that they returned with? Joy. They returned with joy. I, I mean, they, they didn't come back from across the Jordan or, or to wherever Jesus was and just kind of like, oh, man, we were beat up. No, they had joy. How many of you like joy over uh, sadness? Anybody? No, better question. How many of you like sadness over joy? All right. Okay, well, a few of you. Anyway, um, well, this word for joy, I think, is just so important because uh, actually words that jumped out to me in this text, which I so appreciate in the day and age in which we live, are days like joy, and in verse 20, rejoice, and again in verse 21, rejoice, and then later in our reading, in verse 23, blessed. I, I, I underline those in my Bible because I just said those are good words. Joy, rejoice, and blessed. And I want to be all about that. In fact, what I love about what today's sermon does is that I think it provides a motivational why as to join the Lord on mission. I know so many people fight it, and there's reasons we fight it. But I pray that those reasons can be dismantled here today through the authority of God's word. Um, what's fascinating here in the English is we see joy and we see rejoice, uh, uh, we see rejoice a couple times actually. In fact, uh, in the Greek, there are two different Greek words for joy in our text here today. It says um, that. The disciples rejoiced. What did they rejoice over? Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. I mean, even the demons. To them, that was the epitome of power and authority. They were sent out with power and authority. But it says to actually cast out demons? Are you kidding me? I mean, they had joy. They could not believe what the Holy Spirit of God was able to do through them could not believe it. And so they had that joy. That word for joy is keiro. That just means to be happy, to be glad. Okay? How many of you have keiro this morning? You just feel happy and glad this morning. Good. Happy keiro to you. But today, there's going to be another 
you know, today is a big football day. Okay, sorry for you no non-football sports fans. But today is a big day. NFC Championship, AFC Championship, big day. And today there are going to be people who experience agolao, agolao, which means to jump for joy. I mean, it's like, this isn't just, yeah, I feel good. I feel happy. I'm so glad I'm here. But man, I'm glad I'm here. Man, I, I want that. Agolao, joy. Um, do you know that this is the joy that Jesus had? It said they had joy, but, but Jesus cranked up the volume. I mean, he was so glad at what he was seeing and what he was hearing his disciples do. So let's go back reading through the text. They're happy. Even the Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Now, he doesn't expand as to what he is actually referring to there. Was that present that because of their activity in this more Gentile territory, where they were absolutely able to do amazing miracles, um, is it at that time that figuratively or literally that he saw Satan cast out from heaven at that time? Doesn't say. I know in the past, historically, we're going to talk about in Isaiah and Ezekiel, there's references to how Satan came to be and how he fell from heaven. Could it be that Jesus is referring to? Or could it be anticipation of after the cross and the resurrection that he knew was coming up? Is that the fall that Jesus is referring to? We don't know. But Jesus is jazzed because Satan got his butt kicked all over the place. Right? I mean, does that excite you? That excites me. And I get ticked when I see the enemy winning. And I see the enemy winning in such deceitful ways. Such deceitful ways. We've got to take every thought captive and put it under the obedience of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Okay, so, so we have that Jesus is, is just going, I mean, he is so excited. He saw faith. Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And then he says, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Now, that sounds a little bit confusing, doesn't it, to you? Okay, I tell you, there's some reference to reptiles. I know my grandmother, who prayed and prayed and prayed, that somebody from her family would be a pastor or an evangelist. I praise God that I'm the answer to my grandmother's prayer. I praise God for that. But I remember visiting grandma uh, when I was uh, just going into high school. And she was in Minneapolis. I grew up in Los Angeles. So didn't see grandma very much. But I remember having this little turtle. And my grandmother hated reptiles because, oh, reptiles are from Satan. Um, and I remember I had this thing in a container and maybe you're like that. I'm just saying, this is the story. Okay. Um, man, I had this turtle and I had gotten this turtle and I found this turtle and I put it in a little jar and I brought it in and my grandmother freaked out because I brought Satan himself into her household. 
Next morning I wake up and the plastic was still on the little container and there was no turtle in there. And I go, where's my turtle? She goes, I don't know where your turtle is. I go outside and the turtle is as flat as a pancake on the road by her house. Sorry for you reptile lovers. But she didn't want anything to do with any reptiles, okay? Now, some people take this literally here that you will have the authority. But remember, what form did Satan take on? That of a serpent in the Garden of Eden, okay? Uh, And the book of Revelation reveals Satan as a dragon cast out of heaven, okay? Reptilian in form, okay? So you've got this. And uh, how many of the angelic forces that sided with Satan were also kicked out of heaven? It says a third of the angelic forces were kicked out of heaven as well. So these are almost like the scorpions. These are all those that are, are related, that have a sting, that have something that can rob people of life. But here is the, here, here is the reality that we've got to be reminded of here today. Where had Jesus sent out his disciples into a place where everybody lives who is born on this broken planet. He sends them to those who are empty. Those who are empty. Do you think there's a lot of empty people out there? Yes. I firmly believe, like Pascal said, that mankind has a God-shaped vacuum in their hearts that only the Creator can fill. And he's designed it that way. He's designed it that way. But we want to fill it with stuff. We want to fill it with food. We want to fill it with comforts. We want to fill it with everything that gives me an identity and makes me feel good about me. Okay? We also um, are talking to a group of people who are mostly lonely. Now, do you think there's a lot of lonely people out there? Yes. And here is... The paradox of the 21st century. Paradox of the 21st century is this. That we are the most so, uh, socially, via technology, connected people ever in the history of the world. So while we are the most connected people, we are also the most lonely. Because we're not truly known. We're not truly loved People haven't loved us enough to be able to love us through our mistakes. We all make mistakes. Nobody is perfect. And we're going to see this as we go forward. It says um, that this is the good news for each one of us. That he says, I have given you authority. I have given you authority. Now, I want to be careful in stories like this because... Um, some people take texts like this as prescriptive versus descriptive. They look at this as a prescription of saying, hey, you know what? Man, let's bring in some snakes. Man, let's toy with some snakes. We've got authority over these reptiles. Do you think that's what the Word of God is meaning? No, he's saying this, that there is an enemy out to rob people of of life, wants to keep them empty, keep them lonely, And keep people afraid to die. You think people are afraid to die nowadays? People are afraid to die. And I get it. There's a lot to live for. There's a lot to live for. 
But I do believe that when you are afraid to die, you will no longer live. You're, gonna, you're just going to still, you're, you're going to run from anything that could be the possibility of a death. You know the freedom I live in, and I could only speak for myself, that I know that I know that I know God is going to take me not one day before he is done using me here. And the great thing that I have had in my Devo time is saying, Lord, and this is not a death wish, by the way. I'm just saying, Lord, you have the freedom to take me anytime, whatever is to the glory of your kingdom. Why? Because I have been faithful and I try to remain faithful every step of the way. You know, I I, I tell you, I love that the Holy Spirit can comfort and say, great, good, follow me. Let's do life together. What made the church the church, especially in the bubonic plague, was when Christians were running to the sick, not from the sick. I know it's a little convicting. Um, But don't turn off your TV, okay? Um, Because we still got something to do. Because... There's a lot for the disciples to rejoice in, but look here. He says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. He's saying, don't rejoice that right now you've been given power for a time because there are going to be seasons where you feel like you have that. There are going to be seasons where it feels like you don't have that. But still, you are a child of the living God, and your name is... When you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ is written in the Lamb's book of life, recorded in the book of Revelation. And it says, anyone's name who is not in the Lamb's book of life is subject to an eternal hell. Hell's not a a belief that people like to hold today. It doesn't work well in the build a God kind of society in which we live. In our build a God society, everybody is deserving of heaven. But the word of God says, uh, no, there's a very real enemy he not only wants you to experience a hell on earth, he wants to, you to experience a hell after life on earth is done. Remember, we're eternal beings. But then in that same hour, verse 21, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Whoa. Where are the little children in this story? Did he send out little children? He did not send out little children. So what in the world is Dr. Luke talking about when he writes it this way? I mean, this is what Jesus is rejoicing over. He said, yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Little children um, in this society, this culture that Jesus was living in, by the age of five or six, they had already identified a child as to do they have the smarts to be able to be uh, trained up to be the religious rulers, okay? Because there's going to be a whole process for that. But little children... Little children, that reference is almost those who are goofy and are prone to do childish things. How many of you are goofy and prone to do childish things? Oh, come on. There's a lot more of you than that. I know you, okay? Um, Know the condition of your flock. I know you. We are all prone. I am prone. Everyone is prone. This is why when somebody that you're sharing Christ with says, man, I don't do church. 
I know the millennials, they say, man, I don't do church. I'm a spiritual person. I just will not do church. Why? Because churches are full of hypocrites, to which I say, absolutely. They are. They are. Because we are childish. This is why Jesus says this, that we have to have an environment where people are prone to do some dumb things at times, but through the grace that was given to us through Jesus Christ, we are able to extend that to others, and we can all get along, Right? So, he says this, all things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Now, what does Jesus mean by that? What does Jesus mean by that? I mean, the disciples knew Jesus, right? So why would he say, no one knows me except the Father? Why would he say that? I grew up in Southern California going to the beaches of California riding the waves. Okay? Geography. Which ocean is that? Pacific. Okay. I could say, I know the Pacific Ocean. I grew up in Southern California. I rode the waves. I know the Pacific Ocean. Maybe some of you think you know Lake Michigan. Why? Because you go to South Haven a lot, or you're at the beach a lot. Do I really know based on my experience on that strip? No. I think life on this earth, we are always going to be limited to the fullness of the grandeur of the God that we serve and worship, Right? We're never going to quite fully be there. Sometimes the idea that some people have is that, well, this church knows better than that church because this church practices this and this church doesn't. I tell you, there's so much divide in churches nowadays, it frustrates me. So frustrates me. Man, we got to get onto man, gospel is Jesus Christ and him crucified and that he died and rose from the dead. And some people say, well, you know, Radiant does this. I go, praise God. God has led their church leaders to do what those church leaders are led to do. Praise God. We are not that. Our church leaders are different. God has called us to express ways a little bit different. It does not make it wrong. It makes it different. That's it. It is that simple. Sometimes they go to People leave this church, they go to another church, and they gripe to people at the other church. They said, oh, we wish we were more like this. I, I tell you, there is so much division in church world nowadays, it makes me sick. We got to get under the authority of Christ himself. And we, though, need to not just intellectually have it. We have got to press in and not be conformed to this world, but be conformed. Uh, not be conformed to this world, but be transformed how? By the renewing of your mind. It's an exercise of your mind. Why did we let go for 21 days and press in for 21 days? I hope some of those habits will still continue. I know they will for me. We're going to have prayer this Thursday again. What are we going to be praying for? Here, let me tell you what we're going to be praying for. We're going to pray that God continue to lead us to be the church God wants us to be so that in every facet of this church, we will bring glory and honor to God. I've got a confession to make. 2021 was a tough year. Behind the scenes, it was a very tough year. 
our receptionist who would put, you know, our, our mailboxes for the years leading up to last year, there wasn't a whole lot of change, but last year there was all kinds of change. Oh, now this person left. Oh, now this person left and all that kind of stuff to the point where our elders had to say, wait, 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 we got to call time out. We got we to gotta see, okay, we're hearing there is unhealth at the staff level. We've got to press into that. We don't want people to be set up to fail. Sometimes when you do shortcuts, you can be set up to fail. We say, we want you doing this and this and this and this. Well, I'm burned out. Well, but um, we're saving some money. We don't want to do that. And I feel like I've contributed to that as well. So I come up before you going, you know what? There are things I did because I am one who is prone to say, here's going to be a challenge. We are going to tackle that challenge. And the pendulum was, come on, we can do it, we can do it, we can do it, without realizing it. You know what? Maybe the tasks need to go a little bit by the wayside for the care. And I just, I mean, I confess this before you guys. And so this weekend, our elders are going on retreat. Um, as we're going on retreat, we're looking how wisely do we restructure. We've brought in outside consulting to help us. Because do you know, Barna just came out and said about 30% of churches will die here in the next five years. 30%. 30%. And we don't want that. So we believe as elders, if we are proactive and go for it, we just got to say, hey, let's take a bite of humble pie and say, you know what? At every level of our ministry organization, we're going to bring glory and honor to Jesus. Amen? Amen? So pray for us Friday night and Saturday. Will you pray for us? Will you come to Thursday at noon and come and say, hey, that's worth praying with brothers and sisters in the Lord. Will you do that? Okay, there's a few of you. But anyway, I just want to invite you. You know what's so funny about this today? I haven't even gotten to the notes outline, but that's okay. That's okay. Verse 23, it says, Then turning to the disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. And then he says this, For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. They see Jesus. Jesus, God in the flesh who came to redeem humanity, to heal the hurt, to comfort the lonely, <laughs> to mend the broken. Jesus Christ did that. So do you want to see what our notes were today? <laughs> Three basics of a disciple. Learner, follower, oh, that was about Satan. Yeah, it's in your notes online. All right. And then a reproducer. All right. That's your notes. But I'd far rather us, you can go online and check out the notes, all right? I, I'm just, I, I just, just needed to speak from my heart today, okay? Amen? All right, good, good. Um, but yes, you can find these on our online uh, platform. But our mission, folks, and this is what our elders are committed to, helping people take a step closer to Jesus, Okay. And how do we do that? We want people to belong in real relationship, grow to be like Jesus, reach people where we live, work, and play. That's what we want to be about. That's what we want everyone here to be about. Everyone here to be about. And one who was about that was Chris Anderson. My heart breaks because we had a conversation in November, 
And Chris Anderson, who's been part of this church body and was a greeter for like over 20 years here, incredible guy, passionate, I, I mean, had incredible skills as a renovator and construction and all that. Uh, and he said this to me near the end of November. He says, you know what, Pastor Brian, I just got to be honest with you. He said, this is the very first year I've ever ridden, uh, read through the Bible, ever, ever. He said, honestly, I used to totally ignore the Old Testament, would totally ignore the, and I would just read the New Testament. He said, Brian, can I tell you, honestly, this is the very first time everything has come together for me, and now I want to share with everybody, and during the first service from November through December, he and his family and the friends he would invite sat right here, and this is a big hole right here. Okay? He went home to be with the Lord this last week, and we have his funeral service on Tuesday. Love to invite you to be here. Um, this is another one where I said, Lord, okay, what are you doing? And he says, trust me, trust me, trust me. It's tough to say goodbye, but here's my questions for you. Are you experiencing joy? Are you experiencing joy? Well, if your answer is no, if your answer is I'm kind of bored in the faith, my question then is, are you an active learner? Are you an active learner? Remember part of the Great Commission, go. And what are you to teach? Teach to obey everything that I command you. That's where the joy comes from. We think, hey, because he promised never to leave or forsake me, anything I do, he is going to bless me. The answer to that is wrong. No. He will bless everything that you do in obedience to his will for you in your life. Amen? And all that will be reinforced right here. Are you an active learner? Are you an active follower of Jesus? Or do you just say, well, I'll let the pastoral staff or those people do the following? No. Here's what we saw in these disciples who were sent. They saw the joy in being sent. They didn't know what they were doing. Remember even their command, don't even take a purse with you. Don't even take money with you. I want you to see what my provision can do for you. And all of a sudden, man, it happens. And God shows up. And are you an active reproducer of a distinct lifestyle? Are you sharing with people like Chris Anderson? He said, man, I'm going to share with people. I, I'm going to bring people to church. I'm going to bring people around our table. They're going to hear about Jesus. They're going to see Jesus on display where I work because I know every place I work is an act of worship. They know every time I come through these doors that I have a job description. Every one of you has a job description. When you come in these doors, you know what that job description is? I'm going to greet people with the love of Jesus any way I can. That's not just for the greeters, not just for the ushers. And I'm not doing like a non-recruitment thing for you, Shannon. But um, this is everybody's job. Everybody's job. We just need to make sure that when we have times where we need ushers to do something or whatever, that he's got a team. And trust me, you can do ushering and other things. Figure well, You can work with him in figuring that out. But are you seeing victory where there was only defeat? 
You guys, this is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. We are about this as a church. We want disciples of Jesus Christ. As Kenneth said last week, we want to follow so close after him that his dust is all over us. And they said, I know where you've been. You've been following that Jesus. I said, amen, that's right. And I pray that every single one of you, when people dare to be close enough to you, that they cannot help but see the love of Christ in you, flowing out through you, and you daring to step into those dark spaces that so need the light of Jesus Christ, those dry places that need the saturation of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen, church? Do you forgive me for not, like, following my outline? All right, all right. Let me pray for us. Lord God, thanks so much for uh, this family where I can just be myself up here. Lord, just thank you for that. I thank you for the freedom of that. I thank you for your gospel being able to speak that, (laughs) you know, as long as the seed of truth that was already in your word has been spread Lord, I pray that we have softened hearts to be able to hear that no matter where, where we are. If we're online, if we're on the couch watching this, if we're out on a hike listening to this, Lord, meet us where we're at. Thank you for being a God who does that. But Lord, may we be a church that is committed to following after you, taking to heart your words, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. May we continue to do that. Lord, continue to give us great wisdom. I pray for our elder leadership team here this weekend. Lord, speak to us. Lord, may may there be health at every level of this ministry organization, Lord. And may you get the glory. And all that we say, think, act, and do, we pray. In your most holy and precious name, amen.